You're listening to Forecast, the marketing podcast for professional services leaders. If you're looking to generate more leads, win more deals, and take your firm to the next level, this show is your shortcut. Hey there, folks. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Ahmed Manawar. Very exciting interview to share with you today with Mandy Ellison. If you're running a business, then you're spending your time on one of two things. Either you're growing the business or you're not growing the business. And I think we can all agree, the more time that you can spend growing the business, the better. Problem is, there's all these things that you have to do as a business owner that are necessary, but not necessarily important and don't really move the needle forward. And what Mandy is going to share with us today is three simple tweaks that you can make to the way that you spend your time that's going to free up up to 40 hours a month so you can spend that time doing the more important things. Now, truth be told, we only had time to get to two of the tweaks in the interview. We didn't have time for the third one, but Mandy has shared with us a little tool that you can use for that third tweak, which is about delegation. And I've linked to that tool in the show notes to this episode at forecast.fm slash Mandy. That's forecast.fm slash M-A-N-D-I. Before I let you go, if you haven't yet joined us inside our free course on the five P's of lead generation for professional service firms, you're going to want to check that out. Inside the course, I will show you a step-by-step framework that you can use to generate a flood of new business for your consulting or your professional service firm. The course is 100% free of charge and you can get immediate access over at 5leadgen.com. You can spell out five or use the number, either one works. That's 5leadgen.com. With that, here is Mandy Ellison. Mandy, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's my pleasure. Why don't you get us started by telling us the story of how you got into the work that you're doing today? Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. I wasn't really planning on, I I didn't just set out to go become like a freedom and scalability expert for service businesses. I didn't expect that that's where uh, my career would would land me. I always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur, but um, it started out where... um, where many of us, we have some, some kind of big breakdown, big challenge that leads us to what we're doing. And, um, I was about eight and a half months pregnant with my, uh, now six-year-old daughter and, you know, all hell was breaking loose in my business. Basically. Um, it it wasn't that it was, it was so bad. It was just that it was completely and 100% dependent on me. And as I was trying to wrap these projects so that I could take some maternity time, um, it, it just wasn't happening. And I wasn't able to get these clients to be um, completing. And then here I felt like I was it was a disservice to them because I wasn't able to deliver their projects. And and um, I had, you know, contractors quitting on me and then I had to figure out these things. This is all while I'm, you know, hugely pregnant and um I'm, I'm having like, my arms are, are starting to flare up and like literally like losing function in them. It was, I was so stressed out and this was all while I was welcoming my, my second daughter into the world. And I had, I had another daughter that I, that I, I had, and my husband was in grad school, this very intensive medical program. So it was just really hard and stressful. And I knew that it, I, I had done everything wrong. 
because I had managed another company that I had actually gotten to be quite passive and, and, and I was able to travel around the world and, uh, you know, run this company passively, which was a, like an impossible company to do that with. It was a, a property management company. You have to be there for most of those companies, but I had figured that out as a manager, but I hadn't done it for my own business. So, um, at this point I was just really frustrated. I finally got everything taken care of and I took my maternity time, but I was just obsessed with figuring out how to do this and how to do this specific for service businesses, because I knew that there was something different about it. And I, I did find that absolutely things, it, it is quite different for a service business and most growth models do not address the, the, the main issue, why these, um, why it won't work for a service business. So, um, over the years I've developed a new model for that in testing and, and I left my old business and passed it on to my, uh, partner at the time. And now I'm, I've been doing this for, um, for, you know, six years or so. That's, what, that's how I got here. <laughs> and what was that old business? What were you doing back then? Oh, um, I was, I had a, a small web design marketing company. Okay. Yeah. Definitely one of, not, not one of the easier business models to remove yourself from. No, but a lot of my clients have marketing companies and it's become quite a specialty of mine just because they are so difficult to scale. And, um, I have a lot of expertise in them and it, and, um, it brings me a lot of joy and pleasure to be able to help, um, business owners who otherwise are just totally stuck and, um, it just is eating them alive. So let's let's jump into that, Mandy. Look, I'm I'm one of those people. I'm really busy. I have a growing consulting practice. I have clients to answer to. I have staff to supervise. I have content and marketing to create. And you know what? I'd do anything to save a few hours here and there. What uh, what's your best advice for me? Well, the, the best advice is is to first of all know where you're going. I know this is kind of a, this is, this is like, it's not, it's kind of a cop-out response I'll, and I'll get into the meat of it in a second, but it, I think it's really important because if you don't know where you're going and you really have a, if you're not clear on what you want to create, what's going to happen is you're going to find more time and then you're just going to use it. You're going to blow it on something else. So you have to get really clear on what that is. Maybe it's like, I'm trying to cut down to 10 hours a week or, um, that's a pretty ambitious goal, but you know, for some businesses it really is possible. Or maybe the goal is that, you know, I want to scale my business to a million dollars this year or maybe get there next year, but look at whatever that goal is and what you want your life to look like in the process, because you don't have to give up your lifestyle in order to, to reach your goals. Um, but you do have to take different actions towards it. So I'm glad you asked that question. So, so just on, on that note, when, when you say know where you're going, what are we talking about here? You mentioned revenue. You mentioned time. Do you want to consider both of those in that answer? I would just consider what is the real vision of where you want to go. And that, that, that's actually the first thing I have my clients do. And I kind of do it in a tricky way. So, so we make some progress first. Okay. And, and it's full disclosure. Everyone knows now. But um, <laughs> I help them find time. But like while I'm doing it, I like slip it in there where I'm like trying to trying to find out what their real um, passion is, what they what they really want to create with um, how they want their business to create this to create in their life. So it's it's really about making their business serve their life 
and making sure it's all aligned. Because what happens is if it's not aligned, then, then this is where you see the, the wheels spinning in your business. And this is where I see stagnant growth in service businesses a lot, because what's happening is they're spinning their wheels because there, there is, um, a belief, an unconscious belief that if I grow this, then I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to have to work even harder. If I grow this, then, um, you know, this, this might actually, this might hurt the relationships that I have. Maybe my wife will leave me like, or like, but, but there are these, these, these limiting beliefs that can happen that, um, cause us to not move any further because moving further would, would mean that we would be out of alignment with what we wanted in our life. Um, so is this kind of what, what people mean when they talk about the fear of success? Yes, that's exactly what it is, but, but, but it's unconscious and that's the problem. As soon as you get conscious about it, then you can do something about it and you can say, Hey, Hey fear, thanks for showing up. I'm, uh, I'm good. And you're going to just feel the fear and do it anyway. The fear doesn't ever go away. You just, just feel it and just keep going forward with it. So could you, could you give me an example of a, a good answer to this question of, do you know where you're going? Yes. Um, well, I'll, I'll give you an example of what, it, what it looks like when someone does not know where they're going. And this is one of the things that I'm screening for because I can help someone like tweak it and help them really get clear on where they're going. But there's some people who just like, just are wandering and they're, they are growing their business and they're like, grow, 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 grow. Because it's like, they're trying to feed this like deep uh, vacancy in their soul. I know that we're getting, it sounds kind of, kind of funny, but like, but, but really because they, there is something missing and they're trying to fill it with their business when really they should be filling it with like human connections and, and, and really, um, you know, things that are going to actually make them happy. But, um, the, the, the people who are, who just want to grow, 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 grow at any cost, those aren't people that I work with because you know what, there's lots of growth systems out there that can help them. They, but, but they will be giving up a whole lot in order to do that. And they might find five years from now, they've accomplished their goals, but they will not feel fulfilled. And they will continually be on this rat race of trying to have more and more and more, and it will never be enough. So, um, that's what it looks like when you don't have a vision and you don't have something bigger that you're working towards. The, the clients that I work with typically have something bigger that they're working towards. Um, you know, some of my clients have, have, uh, wanted to create a better life for their family. So what, what that might mean is that, um, you know, I, I've had some uh, men that I've worked with, with, they really wanted their wife to be able to stay home with their kids and grow their family. Um, I've worked with some clients that, that really want to be able to cut back their hours to, you know, where they're, where they have to work 60 hours a week to maybe 30 or 40, and then maybe cut back to 20 as you get closer and closer to retirement. And, um, their, their vision really is it develops into, and, and it may be right when they, we start off, it doesn't look like this, but they, it develops into, well, you know, my vision is that I'm going to be empowering my people and really building leaders in my company. And, using that, um, to make a difference in the world. Or I have some clients that have some, um, philanthropy goals, uh, that they're working towards and they have a percentage of the revenue that they're working towards. And that's, that's definitely something that, um, is incorporated in my business as well. I support an, uh, an organization called operation underground railroad. Um, so 
anyway, it's just, it's just looking at, at what you're creating with your business and, and, um, what you really want your life to look like, what, how you want that business to be delivering that. Um, so that was kind of a long winded answer, I think, to <laughs> your question of like, what does a vision look like? And the first step towards finding time. Yeah, no, no, that, that makes perfect sense. And I, I completely agree with you on this. There's this kind of like obsessive focus on growth that a lot of people have. And yeah, I think it's a lot of times it's really just kind of a distraction from some other core underlying issues that they're masking with, you know, quote unquote hustle <laughs> and other things like that. Right. Right. And, um, well, and, and, and I just point that out too, because there's might be some people who feel like that and they might not even realize it. And it might not take a whole lot for them just to get really clear on what's important to them and be growing their business with respect to that so that they can really be in line and make progress faster, actually, with a lot more ease and flow. Absolutely. So, so let's say, Mandy, I know where I'm going, and I know that's a harder exercise than than uh, than uh, than it sounds. But what what do I do next to try to get back some time in my schedule? Right. So the the, the first thing you want to be looking at is um, understanding where your time goes. And uh, well, there. But when you're when you're looking at your time, there there are four different things that you can do to um, free up time. And I guarantee my clients to I find them, um, we, we find them together 10 extra hours per week guaranteed. And all of my clients find that right away. Um, and the way that we do that is that there's, there's four different things that we look at. The first one is to eliminate. This one is to, the next one is to consolidate. Next one is to automate. And then the final one is to delegate. And it's in that order because you don't want to delegate something you should have eliminated. Um, and I find that the most two, the two most powerful um, ones to look at are uh, eliminating and delegating, because that's what's going to really free up time um, the most. What I find happens a lot, though, that um, there's the mindset blocks around what you can really delegate and what you can eliminate. Um, and would you like me to share an example of that? Well, so before we get into eliminate and delegate, I'm curious, sure. how do you recommend folks take that initial inventory of tracking where their time's actually going? Right. That's a great question. So I, 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 I jumped right into like the nitty gritty of it, but the, 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 the first thing to do to really look at your schedule and this also creates a mindset shift for you too, which is one of the reasons why I do it. I'm always looking at like, how can we create the, the biggest impact in the least amount of time? And how you do that is you have to transform something. And it's not about change. It's, a, it's about like shifting something and shifting it so that like you show up in a different way. And now you're able to make, you're able to, to take different actions than you were able to do two before. And in an instant things shift. So, um, the, the one, of, and, and, uh, one of the best ways to do that is to really like feel the pain is to feel the pain. This is actually what happens in, in sales conversations too, with someone who's really, um, really like in tuned to, um, <clears throat> what that person wants. And, you know, it, it, it can be very, a very powerful conversation, but, um, what I have my clients do the first step is to track their time. Now I can look at their schedule without looking at any of this 
and I can know right away how to find them extra time. But it's not going to matter though if if they don't have that shift so that they're able to to actually take action on it. So my first recommendation is to track your time in um one, two or three days. I recommend two days at minimum is is good, but detail, like every 15 minutes, you are writing down exactly what you've been doing with that 15 minutes from the time that you wake up to the time you, you go to bed. And we do it the full time because everything is integrated in our life. It, it's, it's all, um, it's all connected. And, um, it's very common for entrepreneurs to think, oh, well, I stop, I stopped working at six. And then they find out, oh, actually you didn't really stop working until six 30. And you pulled it out, pulled out your, your phone and you were checking emails several different times and you just become aware of things that you weren't aware of before. So, so what, what kind of increments are we talking about here? Every five minutes, every 15 minutes, every 15 minutes, every 15 minutes. Okay. And either, either write it out or I have a, I have a spreadsheet, like a Google sheet spreadsheet that also, um, my clients might use, but it doesn't really matter where you're writing it down. It's just a matter of you taking a record and, and, um, it's pretty difficult to not, um, really be making changes. My, my clients usually start making changes as they're documenting, they're writing it down. They can't help it because, the, because it's, it's a new level of accountability and self-awareness that they can't help but change what they were going to instinctively do before. Yeah. I mean, that, that sounds very painful. <laughs> yes. I don't like doing it either. And I don't, I'm not saying you should do it all the time. Actually, I do have some clients who actually track their time all the time, but, um, it, they did not get the suggestion from me. If, if they find it helpful, yeah, go for it. Um, I know that I, I can be more productive when I am tracking, but, and, and I do it on an interval, probably quarterly. I'll track my time just to get, just to, uh, really tighten it up. And, um, get clear on where I'm at. This is this, this process, this whole process I'm, I'm sharing, by the way, it's called find time now. And you can, you can use this process over and over again. And you, you're, you're, um, you can do this process with your team, but, um, but if that first step though, really is to take inventory and you track time. And then once you've tracked your time, you look at which one of these, these four things can you, um, apply to your schedule? So listen, let me ask you a tangential question. I like to slip in, uh, my personal questions into these interviews, get some, get some free consulting out of it wherever I can. <laughs> but w one of the challenges that I have with my schedule is, uh, I'm married, I've got kids, I've got a growing family and there's so many schedules to worry about. Like I, I wish, I don't wish, but it would be much easier if, you know, I just had to worry about my own schedule and not have it bump into other people's schedules. And I assume that's a common problem among your clients. <laughs> and me. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. So, so, so is the question like, how do you handle, why don't you rephrase the question again for me? So I can yeah. like answer what you, well, I didn't ask, I didn't actually, I didn't actually ask a question. So the question okay. would be, yeah. I mean, at a high level, like what's, What's, what's your, what's your advice on being able to negotiate those different schedules? Well, first of all, make sure they're all on one schedule. Um, that's the first step. Um, years ago, I remember my husband and I used to overbook, we, we used to double book. Um, and, and I remember one time we had some people show up for dinner who we were supposed to feed and, um, 
he had put it on the schedule, but had never told me about it. And he'd never put it on the schedule. And they show up and I'm like, oh, it's a good thing I'm a fast cook and I can put whip something together quick. But <laughs> um, that was one of those breakdowns where I'm like, never again. This is never happening ever again. And I've had to train him to use um, calendar, like to, to be on the same calendar. And we have like, I have like five different calendars on my Google calendar actually. And, and he won't use Google calendar. He only use Apple calendar, but we found a way to integrate it at all. And, um, and then my, my assistant manages that. And, and then, um, but I, I think that, I mean, that's like on the system level. Um, but, but really something to, to just be aware of is that, you know, how old are your kids? Young to six and two. Six and two. This isn't a time that this is a really special time in your life where they're young and they'll never be young again. And just go with it and just be be okay with this life stage that you're at. And um, for me, what that looks like is that my best, most productive hour, I'm actually getting my kids ready for school in the morning. And I used to kind of resent that actually. And um but now I've learned to like really enjoy it and love it and have that be like a really special time in the day and to, to, um, but, but, but the other thing I wanted to mention as well is that some of the most successful clients I have are the ones who have the most demands, who, uh, the, the most demands from their family and the, the most demands for them to like perform and, and, um, be there to support their family. And, uh, and, um, if, if you really want to see someone who has a life balance is, is, is to look at someone who has a lot of kids and a successful business. And you, you look at how they manage things and they get a lot more done through other people. They are very disciplined with their time and they invest in the relationships that are most important and recognize the stages in life that they're at right now. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've definitely found that, uh, I mean, I aspire to be the person that you just described, but <laughs> I've definitely found that, you know, having kids and a family and starting a business, which in my case, roughly coincided, uh, it's it's demanded this focus that I probably would not have achieved unless those constraints were in place, which is a good thing. Exactly. That's exactly my point. Those constraints are exactly what's going to make you more successful. Excellent. So let, let, let's jump into what you mentioned previously in terms of eliminate versus delegate. Let's start with eliminate. What are the kinds of things we should be looking to eliminate? Okay. So I'm going to take a step back here and I'm, and, and I'm going to actually look at, you know, how to actually apply this and I'll, I'll get to that, but it's, it's important because we, because we, we went from, all right, track your, um, know what's important to you, track your time, and now we're looking at like, okay, what are the, what are the top areas that we're spending our time? And um, uh, the top number we're spending time in is usually meetings, and um, email can be a big one too. But even if email's not a big one, it's it's a big um, bandwidth and energy suck, which is bad. It's the, the energy suck can can be um, can make you just ineffective in a lot of other areas and just make you feel stressed out. Um, but the, the, another one is, um, client communications, which I think also can be in, in meetings. Um, but a, a, a common one is, 
is uh, is meetings and then also how your your day is run. So the, the, the general flow of your day. So one tweak that's going to help everyone here if they're not already doing it, um, if they are already doing it, they can, they can um, really push it and move it to the next level is that you take you the first hour of your day. Um, let, let's say it's nine o'clock. Um, pushing it earlier is always better because you can get more, almost every human being is wired to be more effective in the morning. Almost everyone, every, every night there's, there's a few outliers that are really the true night owls, but, but almost everyone actually is wired to, um, be the most productive in the morning. And, um, if you're not feeling that way right now, it means that your personal habits, um, might need to shift. Maybe you're going to bed too early too, maybe you're going to bed too late. Maybe you're having caffeine too late. Um, you know, there could be a number of things that could be impacting that, but taking that first hour of the day, um, well, uh, let's think about for you, um, Ahmed, how much, how much more can you get done if you are completely focused, you have nothing else that is, um, vying for your attention and all of you, your desk is cleared and you have no distractions. How much more can you get done in an hour? Like yeah. when you're fresh. Yeah. Luckily I'm a little bit crazy and I've done a little bit of testing around this. So I have a good answer. I found that every, every half an hour before 10 a.m. is worth about three times that afterwards. Okay. So, so basically you can get three hours of work done in one hour. Before 10. Yeah. Yeah. Before, before 10 o'clock. Exactly. And, that, and what I have found that is, is as a good rule of thumb, you can get at least twice as much done in that hour, at least twice. So you really need to guard that time and, um, put structures in place to communicate to your team, to your family, or to whoever might interrupt you during that time that you're not available. And that's your power hour. Um, I have a, on my office, I work from home and I work from home because I want to, and I will always work from home, but on my office door, I have a stop sign and a, I have a, I also have a thing that says, it's, it's like a little picture that says, Shh, come in quietly. Um, to make myself accessible to my kids. I do that on purpose, but there's, a, but, but I have a sign there. If I do, do not want to be interrupted, that I, I put that stop sign up and you might need to do that in your other way. I have some clients who use cones or uh, headphones, um, just to, to really communicate that they're not available. Um, but, but, but thinking about it from that point of view, you have, you take your first hour of the day, you block it off, in your case, you can get three times, you can get three hours worth of work done in that first hour, right? Yeah. So for you, if you do, if you, if you have two extra hours of work, um, times five, that's 10 hours per week right there. Just that's 10 extra hours of productive work for you. Um, most people, I just say on the, on the bare minimum, I, I just be conservative and I can say that you can find five extra hours per week because you can get twice as almost every person get twice as much done. Um, I have a few tricks and tweaks. If, if, if um, you're struggling to focus for a whole hour, which like naturally I do as well, but I've found some, some hacks around that. But, um, that, that first hour of the day though, if you do that, that, that immediately is going to find, going to free up 20 extra hours per month, which is about a month and a half of extra 
productive days per year. Well, you got me curious on the hacks. Can you quickly mention a couple of them? Yeah, definitely. So um, the I have found that, that there's this one music that I listen to, um, a focus at will, that um, I don't know what, what they do to it. But there's, but they have done some research that actually shows your increases your um, your focus uh, by three hundred percent, and I have actually found that to be the case because I could, I years ago I could only focus for uh, about fifteen minutes at a stretch, maybe twenty, and now I can focus for an hour or more. I mean, I can focus for a long time now, but like naturally, I am not good at focusing, and. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of the characteristics that people with ADD have. And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs are in that boat, but there is ways that you can focus for longer. Um, that is one of them. The other one is to be really clear on what you're going to do. So you can start, you, you can use a note card for this. Um, just like on, on the simplest, my favorite thing to, I actually have a daily success checklist that I do that I, I'm really clear on what I'm my top three things are for the day. And then um, it, so it's, it's a sheet, it's a sheet that I fill out either at the end of the day or the, or right in the morning. But anyway, you want to have, you want to know before you start your day, what those, the, what, what you're going to be working on during that power hour. And I would recommend that, that they are marketing tasks. They are lead generation or, um, or s some kind of high value thousand dollar an hour tasks that you're working on that first hour of the day. Yeah, no, I completely agree because that's the one thing that will always go when you get busy. You're you're never not going to deliver on a client demand or respond to a client email or answer a client question. You're always going to do that. It's going to happen. But the 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 marketing, the lead generation, the stuff that drives your own business will be the first to go. So I completely agree. It's it's exactly it. And you know what I what I see happen it's it's so common when with service businesses is that they will have their best month ever, a really peak. And then the next month is a crash month. So, um, you have to watch for that because that, that the, immediately you stop marketing and then that impacts your cash flow, um, months later. So you, you really have to be careful that you're consistently bringing in new inquiries, new business, even when you're really busy. Absolutely. So we're we're coming up on time here. I want to talk a little bit about this these ideas of eliminate and delegate to to wrap up the interview. Absolutely. Okay. So it's um the eliminate one um on the surface there's a lot of things you can eliminate and it's it can be really simple like oh I'm not going to be I probably don't need to be doing this. I don't need to be I don't need to be looking at these emails or whatever you, you can, you can uh, eliminate, maybe you go through and unsubscribe to a bunch of emails. I mean, that's just an example, but where I see the most, one of the most powerful things is to, is to eliminate or reduce the amount of meetings you have. Some people don't have a lot of meetings, so it might, this might not apply to them, but maybe there's something else in your business that you're, that you're doing this with. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's client meetings. And I'll just give you an example of a client that I worked with Brandon and he was, he was having a lot of, um, internal client meetings actually. Um, I mean, he was so busy. He didn't even have time to do any sales meetings or meeting with anyone out, anyone, um, besides just clients, but he would get drawn into these meetings that were like three hours long. And, um, and then there would be other meetings there, there would just be meeting after meeting after meeting. And, and what was happening is that he was playing in a reactive mode and, um, 
he wasn't being as intentional as he could with, with the, with the meetings. So, um, what we did was we, we, we set up the, we set the goal of eliminating half of those meetings and cutting the rest of them in half. So the, so the first thing we did is we said, okay, well, what is the communication rhythm going to be with the client? So we looked at a better way for him, them to communicate on a regular basis. That's going to, it was going to save time on both ends. Then he had to communicate with the client showed and, and, and showed it for, showed the client how it was in their best interest. And they they were very happy to do it because it would save, saved, um, their clients, which were very high billing people, um, lawyers saved them a lot of time and money. So, um, so the, the, they first set up the, the, a better rhythm for how they did the client meetings. Um, the second thing was he said, okay, well, what do we need to accomplish during this meeting? So we said, okay, we need to accomplish this. And, and then he put together a framework for that meeting. And this is a, 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 a tweak, a, a, a tweak that took like 30 minutes to do. Um, then he started running these meetings this way. All of a sudden, three hour meetings went down to one hour or less. And, and, um, he had his project manager sit with him in these meetings. And after two weeks, she was actually able to take over those meetings for him because he had created such a clear structure for what needed to happen during those meetings. So as a result, he, he, he cut almost all of his meetings, the, the time in half and eliminated an, um, a lot of them. And then, um, shortly after he was actually able to delegate some of them too. So he, um, freed up 20 hours of time every week just from doing that. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree that for the folks that we're talking to here, meetings are, uh, you know, meetings and maybe email at a close second are probably the biggest time sucks. But I think the fear there, which I'm sure you've encountered, is that if I cut back on meeting time, I'm cutting back on client facing time and I'm, I'm risking the relationship might be the fear. Well, but what if you forcing yourself to, to meet in half the time actually increased your effectiveness and got, gave them better service. Yeah. And I think in a lot of cases, uh, less time with the client might actually be better <laughs> than that. It makes you more sought after and, and it, it creates a, a bit of an aura around your time. Well, that's one thing. But the other thing is, is that the, some people are just so busy and every, nobody wants to sit in, in meetings that they don't need to be. Um, my clients find it a value add that I'm not, I'm not gifting them all of this time of mine because they're busy. They don't have time to sit on the phone with me for anything else, but exactly what they need. So I'm efficient so that they get what they need and they can get back to their business and grow it. Yeah. And that, and that comes back to a broader issue of, you know, are you selling time or are you selling value? If you're selling time, then this is going to be a challenge for you. If you're doing it right and you're selling value, then this should make a whole lot of sense. Well, and and I, I think even taking a step further than value is to, to sell the outcome. And maybe that's exactly what you meant. But like, do, but um, I, I don't sell my time. I, I don't because it's, it's a disservice to the client and to me, because what if they don't get what they need in that time? So I instead, look, I only serve clients that I know that there's a big outcome that they want and that they, um, and that I sell them the outcome, that the outcome, the transformation that they want, um, because that's really what people want anyway. It lowers the risk to them that you're like saying, this is what you're going to get out of this. You're not getting like 10 hours of my time. 
you're getting this particular outcome and of having your business run without you and the, and growing it at least a hundred thousand dollars extra this year without working more hours. You know, I'm just giving you an example of like a value proposition that you can, that you can give and like a, a promise, a guarantee that you can have for your clients so that you shift from where you're selling your time and your clients demand more of your time because that's where the value is to where it's based on an outcome and how you deliver that, whether it's through you, whether it's through your team, whether it's in a quarter of the time, it matters a lot less. Absolutely. Listen, Mandy, the rumor is that you've got a book coming out that may actually be out by the time this podcast goes live. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So the book is called Scale to Freedom. And I dig into the, the five-step process that I use to, um, is a scale to freedom process that I use to get, to help my clients have their service business run without them, basically, you know, a deeper dive than into the conversation. And if, um, people listening here would like, uh, a preview of that, they, they, they can actually download my scalable growth roadmap. And if you go to handsoffceo.com, um, you can download that. But, um, I, when that book comes out, there's going to be a day that I actually give it, I actually am giving it away for free. So, um, if you download that roadmap, you'll also, um, be notified when that book comes out so you can download it, um, on the day that I actually do it for free. And, um, you can read that and, and, you know, it's transformative. It, this, this can change your life. If you implement it, if you're really, if you have a busy service business and if you want to have more freedom in your life, this is an absolute game changer for you. And it's why I've continued this, this work for years. Um, even in the earlier days, it was kind of hard. I mean, Anmar, you, um, Ahmed, sorry, excuse me. Um, you, um, you can relate with that. I'm sure, you know, those early years of business are really hard. Oh, they're hard. Yeah. It's not, it's not unlike having a child in the early years. <laughs> the challenges yeah. are very similar. <laughs> Absolutely. And and what happens though, is that as a service business starts to mature and it really stabilizes, you think that it's going to give you all this extra freedom, but really what it has done is actually trapped you more and more. And it's, and it's, it's a frustrating place to be, um, which is exactly why if you feel like you're at that place, you should download that roadmap because it, it will definitely help you um, get a new perspective and know what the steps are for you to grow your company without working more hours. Well, Mandy, I am a believer. I'm looking forward to, <laughs> to reading the book. Uh, you can probably expect to see a book review episode on the podcast here. We're going to have links to certainly the book when it comes out, but also the roadmap that Mandy mentioned in the show notes of this episode. Mandy, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's my pleasure. I really appreciate that. Hey, it's Ahmed here again. Before I let you go, there are two things I want you to do. The first is if you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play by visiting forecast.fm and clicking on the relevant link. While you're at it, please do leave us a rating or a review because it helps more people discover the show. The second thing is I want you to grab my free course on the five P's of lead generation for professional services firms. Inside the course, you will get a step-by-step -step framework to help you generate a flood of new business for your firm. 
The course is 100% free of charge and you can get immediate access at 5leadgen.com and you can spell out five or use the number, either one works. That's 5leadgen.com. Thanks for listening. 